Hello and welcome, my faithful and loyal viewers, listeners, and readers. Tonight's topic is the full armor of God, or more specifically, putting on the full armor of God. So we just finished up our spiritual warfare battle plan. So this is a tie-in with that. So over in Ephesians 6, 10-17, Paul says this, Finally be strengthened by the Lord, and by his vast strength, put on the full armor of God, so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist, uh, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, we have a picture of the armor that Paul is talking about here in his letter to the church at Ephesus. It is usually the armor worn, worn during medieval times. But that is not actually what Paul is basing his word picture on. That Paul is looking at in that of the Roman soldiers that he saw on a daily basis during his imprisonment in Rome. Which means that each piece of equipment that Paul describes in our spiritual armor had a basis in a piece of actual armor that was worn by the best military of Paul's day. And if we look closely at Modern, modern military forces, we will see that they were similar pieces of equipment designed to do the same thing as their ancient counterparts. So the first piece of armor that we see is the belt of truth. And Paul tells us to put on the belt of truth. So it was the habilitas, which is the Latin word to describe equipment that Paul is talking about here that the Roman soldier wore around his waist that helped hold all the other pieces of his armor or equipment in place that's making his job easier and the Roman soldier's modern counterpart uses something similar to hold all of their pieces of equipment in place what I'm talking about is what they now call Molly, or if you're older, what they used to call Alice. So that is what the physical piece of equipment or armor looks like. Then what does the spiritual equivalent look like? The spiritual equivalent of the Roman soldier's belt is the Bible. That is why Paul described it as the belt of truth. Because it is the Bible that provides us with God's truth. And by putting on the belt of truth on a daily basis, 
we reconfirm our allegiance to God's truth and our commitment to integrity. And this commitment that will win our spiritual battles. So the second piece of armor that Paul tells us to put on is the breastplate of righteousness. So this was the locura segmenta, which is the segmented armor that covered the Roman soldier's upper body. Paul was basing the breastplate of righteousness on. So by covering the Roman soldier's upper body, the piece of equipment protected the Roman soldier's heart. And the Roman soldier's modern counterpart, or something similar that protects their heart, which is called a bulletproof vest. So that's what physical armor looks like. And what does the spiritual counterpart look like? The breastplate of righteousness represents our godly character and a right relationship with God. Both of which are necessary in protecting our spiritual hearts and allowing us to fight effectively for purity and justice. So the third piece of equipment Paul tells us to put on are our sandals, our shoes, our feet covering, footwear. It was said to feet saddled with readiness for the gospel of peace. So the footwear Paul is visualizing here are the caligiae of the Roman soldier. So these sandals were nail studded to provide the Roman soldier extra traction. and were laced up above his ankles to provide stability. So the modern day counterpart of this would be combat boots. They are designed to not only provide stability and traction, but to provide some form of comfort to the modern day warrior's feet. So what does the Spiritual equivalent of what this looks like. So it's two things. It looks like two things. So the first thing is your individual faith. Because it's your individual faith that's going to provide you the stability and traction to stand your ground. And the second thing is believing and broadly proclaiming Christ's message in a is a sure way to advance Christ's cause and overcome the enemy. So in other words, we're both proclaiming it and it's also providing us with personal traction. So that's the third thing. So we put on the puzzle truth, breastplate of righteousness, and the sandals of the gospel, footwear of the gospel. So now we're going to come to the fourth thing, which is the shield of faith. So these last three pieces of armor or equipment that Paul tells us to put on are probably the most important pieces of all. And the first one is the shield of faith. So when you picture a shield, you're probably either picturing a circular shield like the ancient Greeks carried, or maybe even the Vikings carried, or a triangular shield carried 
by medieval knights. That is not the shield Paulus picturing here. The shield Paulus picturing here is the scotum of the classic Roman soldier, which was rectangular and curved. It was mostly covered in leather, and they also been soaked in water to extinguish flame-tipped arrows. But more importantly, they could be linked together to create an unbreakable barrier that allowed the Roman legions to either advance in the attack or to hold their ground in defense. However, the Roman soldier's modern-day counterpart has not issued any type of a shield at all of any kind. So it is the modern-day warrior's counterpart to the classical Roman shield. So it is the codes and the creeds they are taught from the time they first joined the uniformed services of their country. Have become second nature to them. It allows them to symbolically link arms with each other and provide a link of faith across all branches of the service. So, so what then does the spiritual counterpart look like? It looks very similar to the one we just described here. So it's about the truth represented your individual faith, your individual beliefs. The shield of faith represents your collective beliefs. Or your collective faith. Which means it is us, the people of God, putting aside our petty differences based on our own individual beliefs and instead standing firm with our fellow believers no matter what the cost. Because this is the way we extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So, so far we have put on the... we put on the belt of truth. We've put on the breastplate of righteousness. We've put on shoes to protect our feet and provide us with um, some stability and some traction. We've picked up the shield of faith. So now we're going to come to the helmet of salvation, which is the fifth piece of armor that Paul tells us to put on. So what Paul is picturing here is the Cassius, or the Galea, which was designed to protect the head of the Roman soldier. Protect his head. So why is protecting the head so important? Kill the head, kill the body. If you protect your head, you've protected, you'll have a better chance of surviving in a battle situation.
kill the head, kill the body. And if protecting your physical head is so vitally important, then protecting your spiritual head is even more important. And you do that not by being saved every day, but by refusing to allow the devil to gain any footholds in your mind on a daily basis. You do this by renewing your mind and by being confident of your relationship with God, which protects you in battle and allows you to follow a God-given strategy of victory. So the last piece of equipment that Paul tells us to put on is the sword of the Spirit. What Paul is picturing here is not the long, broad sword of the Middle Ages, of medieval times, or that you would see in the post-Roman world. The sword he is depicting is the gladius. So the gladius was a short double-edged sword used for hand-to-hand combat. Outside of the Roman shield, outside of the scotum, it is probably the most weapon that the Roman military is most famous for. It was the weapon with which the Roman soldier was most familiar. So what then is the modern equivalent of the Roman sword? It's the rifle. The rifle is the weapon that the modern warrior is most familiar with. It's a weapon of choice for engaging any and all targets. It's a weapon they're taught how to use from the very first day they joined the military service. And this is embodied in what is known as the Rifleman's Creed. This is my rifle, there are many like it, but this one is mine. My rifle is my best friend, it is my life. I must master it as I must master my life. Without me, my rifle is useless. Without my rifle, I am useless. I must fire my rifle true. I must shoot straighter than my enemy who is trying to kill me. I must shoot him before he shoots me. I will. My rifle and I know that what counts in war is not the rounds we fire, the noise of our burst, or the smoke we make. We know that it is the hits that count. We will hit. My rifle is human, even as I am human. Because it is my life. Thus I will learn it as a brother. I will learn its weaknesses, its strengths, its parts, its accessories, its sights, and its barrel. I'll keep my rifle clean and ready. Even as I am clean and ready, we will become part of each other. We will. Before God, I swear this creed. My rifle and I are the defenders of my country. We are the masters of our enemy. We are the saviors of my life. So be it until every victory is America's and there is no enemy but peace. So the rifle is the modern warrior's sword. Then what is the spiritual warrior's sword? The spiritual warrior's sword is the Bible. It's the very word of God. In fact, the word of the God is so important that Paul mentions it twice. First is the belt of truth that holds everything together. And the second time it is as 
weapons as an offensive weapon. Not something that's gonna hold everything in place. Something that you can use and you can go out and do battle with the devil. So the sword of the spirit, the word of God, is our offensive weapon to be used in the war against the powers of evil. And Jesus effectively used his weapon against Satan. We must know God's word and be confident of its power and effectiveness. Satan will try to twist God's will as he has from the beginning. And he will make every effort to undermine or destroy our confidence in God's word. The church must hold on to and defend the inspired, of, inspired word of God against claims and attacks that, is not, that, it, that it is not authentic. Inaccurate in everything it teaches. To abandon the attitude of Christ and the apostles toward God's inspired word is to deny its power to expose evil, to correct, to save, to heal, to drive out demons, and to overcome all evil. To deny spirit, to deny scripture's absolute authority and trustworthiness in all it teaches is to surrender ourselves to Satan's deception, influence, control, and final destruction. So all of these pieces of spiritual armor when worn together and put on every day and put on with prayer on a daily basis will provide you with spiritual protection from the devil and his schemes. And this all fits nicely with the spiritual warfare battle plan that we just finished talking about.